Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We went to Japan to discuss the Olympics with Alan Gibson, a man who's lived over in Japan for many years. He was on good form, Alan. He was. Joining in. A few old cultural references (laughs) you'd see slips into the conversation. But we looked at the trouble build-up to the games. Um, We also... uh, What else did we do? Oh, we spoke to a guy called John Glass, uh, who pulled off an incredible feat in the world of cricket. He talked us through it. You'll hear that. We had a bit of a chat about yeah, various things. Well, and we had the clips of the month. That's right, we? yeah. Um, so, here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Andy, are you suitably refreshed? You've been in, you were in Wales. I was in you? Wales. Johnny actually. Owen was here. Yeah. You were in Wales. I know. The hotel kept calling me Mr. Jenkins, which is quite <laughs> ironic if you know my defu- now defunct Twitter handle. Oh, yes. So, yes. So, oh, yes. So, so Mr. Jenkins. So, yeah. if, I thought, how do they know? They just. <laughs> marvellous. Okay. <laughs> it was good. Uh, first time I've seen you since the final and uh, yeah. 66 minutes of dreaming. Uh, the reality was yeah. more hurt, of course, and just overshadowed, wasn't it? It was a great tournament, a great experience but the whole thing's been overshadowed and we're going to speak about it now it's 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 such a pity really well we're going to have a chat with uh, Tom Greatricks later on from the Football Supporters Association who was there at the game with our very own Charlie Baker mm. um, and you've seen this FA statement in the last uh, half an hour or so Toby was just mentioning it there in the bulletin uh, it is a great show on a lot of levels, but we will be discussing that with it's, Tom. You know, I said to you, I was sort of a lone voice in, in, after the semi-final, saying to you, it was a malevolent atmosphere in this, in going to the ground and being around it and where I was sitting, you know, and, and that I had a feeling that if we lost, this is what would happen. It wasn't well, even... But a lot of it, no, it, no, it was nothing to do with the result. Most of it happened no, before the game. You know, yeah. so I don't know. But, you know, we need to learn lessons. And, you know, people have often said to me, you know, oh, going to football in Argentina, but that's a bit risky, isn't it? Oh, but that's a... Honestly, if you go to Boca or River, you go through four cordons yeah. before you actually get to the ground. Your tickets are checked four times. Mm. So, well, you know, that was my by first police, thought. not by stewards who, you know, yeah. are bribable. When we went to, not all, of course, we like to point out, know, a fine body of men and women who do, who do good work. Um, mm. But th- th- there seems to be suggestions that that was the case yeah. last week, um, in some cases. But where was I? Uh, yeah, when we went to uh, Madrid for the Champions League mm. final, uh, to the Metropolitano, I think our, chick- our tickets were checked about a quarter of a mile from the ground first, unless you had a ticket. 
you, you couldn't get through that cordon. Mm. There's kind of geographical reasons why that's more difficult at Wembley, but it's something they're going to have to address, isn't it? And it's something we'll talk to Tom about uh, a little I bit I later I hate on. the glorification. I hate the papers interviewing the jibbers that got in for free and this bloke that had a firework up his backside and he becomes like this yeah. sort of character. I do... Sli- I do you, know, I, you just worry about the glorification of it. I, you know, do. Personally, I can't stand I'm sure it. someone who works in the office of a celebrity Big Brother still exists somewhere, or Dancing on Ice, oh, wrote in the margin somewhere, just in desperation as they were trying to book some A-listers, bloke who stuck firework up backside uh, before Wembley final, no. question mark, in pencil. He can't Can you imagine him going into the Big Brother house with a former cast member of Hollyoaks? Says, hello, what? What's your name? <laughs> uh, Tony. Uh, Tony, wh- what are you famous for? Uh, put firework up me bum at, uh, at Wembley. Oh, okay, well, what about you? I, I spent 10 years acting school and then did a soap for another 10, you know, did quite a lot of theatre. But, uh, you know, it looked lovely to meet you. I'm sure we'll get on like the house on fire. Don't set the house on fire, no, will you? I know, I know you've got it in you, clearly. It's very Your true. love of fireworks. And, uh, and also, I'm very excited, this week's we're going to speak about this as well. This week, the start of the 100, or as I like to call it, it's still cricket. <laughs> it is still cricket. But honestly, I've just been checking out the, the fixtures, and I think we're, we're going to chat to Beth Barrett-Wild, who's head of women's uh, cricket for the 100. Mm. And the first game is a game between over-invincibles and Manchester Originals at the Oval. It's a women's game on Wednesday evening. Virtually sold out. Uh, lots and lots of the games are sold out. I mean, the timing of the 100, in a lot of ways, could not be better because, you know, people who do love their cricket or yeah, people want to no, give this a try are, you know, are desperate to go course. to a live event. And they've all thought, well, I'll give that a go. I want to go and see some sport again. So it's the timing of it has been has been perfect for them. But it, It's so tricky, isn't it? I mean, it was great to see 330,000 people at, at Silverstone, but you think, oh, what a spreading event that's going to be. 330,000? Well, over the weekend. Oh, OK. So, that's, say, whole... that's a big room. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'll tell you who was there, though. A man who's been striding British sport like a colossus the last couple of weeks, Tom Cruise. He was oh, there yeah. He was there yesterday. Yeah. There he was at Wimbledon as well, and he yeah. left Wimbledon in the afternoon, got himself straight to Wembley for yeah. the uh, oh. European Championship final. This is a man who clearly loves his sport. I don't right, think he cl- can clearly get a ticket for anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he obviously is on. He's got. He's on the waiting list of a number of these. He's obviously part of England fans. We didn't realise he'd signed up. Talking of Wimbledon, if you, though, if you are putting, I'm just saying, if you are putting on a sporting event or you've got a sporting yeah, event yeah. coming up, Tom loves his sport clearly because any yeah. sporting event he's at. So if you would like to invite him to one, uh, we'll pass it on yeah, to I'm his sure people. Be at the hundred. Well, I'd like to think he'll be. I think Brentford Arsenal friendly tonight, so I, I'm sure he'll pop along just to scout a few players. If you got non-league game uh, coming up, just let us know. The only sporting events. Andy Smart invite him to Farnborough. Yeah, that would be good. Tom Cruise and Andy Smart at Farnborough. Let's see how much Tom really does like sport and not just a jolly. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? Right. 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Uh, could you ask Tom Cruise if he fancies coming down to watch Milton Keynes storm under 11's ice hockey versus the Solent Devils on Sunday? Could put bums on seats for us. Actually, yeah. small enough to strap some skates on and get a game. <laughs> I'll stick him on the wing. Um, so there we are. Thank you very much, Andy. We'll put that to Tom. He loves sport. He's at every big sporting occasion, of course. We should get him on. Let's see if he can, yeah, he can talk us through it, see if he wants to pick up on if he fancies going to watch Farnborough play. So, um, we head for Japan then, where uh, the games get underway uh, this weekend, officially launched. I mean, there's things going on in the build-up. I think uh, the GB women play on Wednesday their first game, so there's a lot of, sort of prelim sport going on. It's bound to be... Uh, uh, well, I've never been less excited about, <laughs> about well, this particular event. It, uh, we're going to speak now to someone we, we keep in t- touch with, um, not just on the games, but on sort of football matters in Japan. He is an expat who lives in the country and has for many years. Alan Gibson joins us once again. Good afternoon, Alan. Can you hear me, mother? We, cer- <laughs> we certainly can. Brilliant Sandy <laughs> Powell reference there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was old. I'm a bit depressed because you just said you're not looking forward to this at all. You were you talking about me? Oh, <laughs> oh no, we're always looking forward to being too. Alan, we've said so we've kept in touch during this, and, and we've been hearing from a number of uh, reporters who've gone out there to cover the games. But we're always interested to hear your perspective on it because you've you've told us before when we spoke to you two or three months back, there was an awful lot of pushback and a feeling. I think your missus saying it's not going to happen. There was a feeling then it it wasn't going to happen, but. Here it is. It's happening. What is the feeling of in your experience of Japanese people about this happening in, in Tokyo? I think once Tom Cruise said it was okay to go ahead, <laughs> and so it was all good. No, I mean, literally, uh, well, three months ago, uh, it was, nah, nobody wants to do this. And then a month ago, 80% of Japanese people were still asking for the cancellation of the Olympics. And then it's got to about 30% in the last few days, basically because the Japanese people do as they're told and they're now they're getting a bit into it but also it's more of it can't be helped now and so let's get on with it so uh, i just actually asked the middle-aged couple for their views especially for this thing because you know mm. i want to get the average japanese person mm. so my neighbor said mm. that basically the government are ignoring the people because they don't speak up and don't protest and and they've seen all these people like in tear gas filled streets around the world <laughs> and wondering why the japanese people don't do it and i'm saying i'm fine with that you know don't worry about it <laughs> Apparently, they've got a great nickname for the uh, Mr. Bach, or whatever you pronounce him, the uh, the yeah. IOC boss, calling the rip-off baron. Oh, really? Oh, dear. I, I mean, mean, the problem, I think, and I, I was listening to a chat about this yesterday, the, the billions spent would have been one thing if people could come to Japan, which in the Olympics would have brought a lot of people from around the world, and it is a brilliant place to visit. Everybody that goes there knows that. But it, that's not going to happen. So they spent all this money, really, just to save face, in a way. 
I think you just hit the nail on the head. I think I mentioned that, I don't know, a month or two ago when you said that it's basically, uh, if it does go on, I said basically that yeah, it's going to be just, just to save face and say, just to prove that we can do it. Uh, I mean, this, uh, I mean, Mr. Back, as they said, the rip-off Baron, they just love saying that. The rip-off Baron is basically, he's, he's been to a baseball game, he's had a dinner with various people, he's been sightseeing in Hiroshima. Meanwhile, everybody is stuck in their rooms wearing masks and and you know, doing nothing. And this, so this guy is really irritating Japanese people oh, even yeah, more now. Of course. I've, I've heard a couple of theories though, Alan, that, that, that there are some aspects of, I mean, certainly the Japanese government wanted this to happen on a, on a couple of levels. A, they would have got massive fines if they'd called it mm. off. Um, and they've already spent like 15 billion on it already. The fact that, you know, uh, if it's not Japan now, it's China next year. And that's maybe part uh, with the Winter Games. And that's part of the face-saving thing as well. They, they want China to be the first post-COVID Games. But the whole point of getting the Games was to show this great recovery in, in Japan uh, after uh, the earthquake and, and Fukushima, etc. But but in the end, you know, you've got this kind of closed-down Games with no fans, which is a kind of parody of itself. And what it, it, what's that telling the world? It's not telling the world that Japan's back, is it? It's 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 telling the world that Japan's in the grip of COVID. Uh, yeah, in the grip of COVID and in the grip of the Olympic uh, bosses, as you say. It's. Um, I think I also mentioned the fact that they, you know, if they cancel, I, I think the first time you talked me about the Olympics about two months ago, I actually said then that it was like a, you know, it was one of these. Uh, games of chicken where you're waiting for each other to call it off and the, the first person that calls it off loses all the money right so i guess uh, basically the the chicken has won and uh, we're going ahead with it but you know it's like the japanese national football team captain has basically begged to make sure that there's no spectators uh, a teenage u.s swimmer is out with it now she's here and she's she's lost her dream uh, Olympic connected infections, uh, that mean like the volunteers, uh, people who run the videos even apparently, there's at least 60 of them who are, are infected now. Uh, a Ugandan weightlifter has gone missing, he didn't turn up his PCR test in, in Osaka I think it was, um, which makes me suggest he probably had a fever or something and didn't want to and now he's just disappeared completely which is quite fun. Um, and there's one in the village apparently, there's somebody, apparently he's, he's saying that I'm the only one in the village. but um, yeah, he's, uh, he's. I thought you liked talking about Wales earlier, weren't we? Yeah. Um, but yeah, someone in the village has even got it now. So I mean, it's it's. It's, it's not good. Uh, what about it's, the it's opening ceremony, stuff. Alan? Because the 2012 here was a very important cultural landmark. Mm. It's, it was a chance for Britain to show itself off and various to the world. And I mean, is it going to be scaled down? Is it going to be the normal sort of opening ceremony with all the athletes? Do we know that yet? Uh, we're not sure. I mean, I know Spandau Ballet are not doing a song, but uh, <laughs> apparently the guy who is doing the song, they've, they've even got a scandal here too because the guy who wrote the song, uh, a guy known as Cornelius, has just offered to resign or desired to, desired to resign, shall we say, because he somebody found out that he bullied some kids at school like 40 years ago. Sure. So uh, mm. even, even that's not escaping it. Um, not sure if they're going to be, you know, 40 or 50 athletes from each country parading their flags, etc. but I would think not. But, I mean, yeah. I haven't, you know, there's not been a lot of uh, publicity about it, perhaps because it's not going to happen so yeah. grandly as they want to, I suppose. And finally, Alan, were people looking forward to it? Did you know people had said, you know, in a, in a normal world, they would have bought tickets, they would have gone, they were actually looking forward to hosting a sporting event, or has there always been a bit of pushback, even despite uh, the virus? 
I think um, literally, well, obviously before COVID, even four or five years ago, there were there were various um, villages and towns that were like basically they've already started building things for for to attract the athletes to come and stay with them and even three or four months ago there was still excitement with the fact that you know the ugandans are going to stay here or the south africans are going to stay with us and and now basically they're they're all they're all trying not to have people with them they're, they're sort of refusing to have uh, uh olympic teams arrive in their state and um i think you know where, whereas I guess inside it's typical Japanese. Inside they're they're all saying nope, we can't do this. We're not doing this. And outside we're well, you know, it's happening. So let's uh, let's put on a brave face and do as we're told. But yeah, I think seriously there is some pushback going on, and and the, the worse it gets with the ripoff baron, and uh, the more the more uh, cases we get from various teams and various countries, it's uh, uh, you know it's a disaster waiting to happen, isn't it? Yeah. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Alan. Thank you for the lovely Adam. cultural references. Sandy Powell, Little Britain, and Spandau Valley. We've gone through the card. He misses home clearly. Yeah, Cheers, Alan. Seen. All the best. Thank <laughs> you very much. That's Alan Gibson, there, um, Japanese uh, sports writer, expat, of course, living in Tokyo. We'll be more on the games, of course. It is going to be a big uh, TV event, and uh, we will be following the uh, GB mm. athletes. No crowds, though. I mean, it's yeah. going to be a weird atmosphere, isn't it? Especially if we've got used strange. to once again seeing crowds, which yeah. has been so great. Part of the joy of an Olympics is, is kind of embracing those sports you would probably only take in every from getting good crowds for sports that don't generally get yeah, lots of people an, watching. We'll talk about that later. I've got an example of the worst example of that from 2012. I was thinking about this yesterday. Okay. I've got to be honest, I haven't gone to watch a handball match since 2000. <laughs> I left that arena thinking, I'm definitely going to watch more handball. Well, Nine I, years no, later. It was our old mate Spencer Millman. I remember he mm. preferred Charlotte Dujardin to Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That didn't Chelsea. last long, did it? No. So I said to him, are you going to league dressage now, are you? <laughs> now you so love it so much. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. I, uh, I've always enjoyed over the years the Guardian uh, corrections and uh, clarifications. Mm. Uh, this one's great, I Saw on the weekend. A recipe mistakenly said garlic confit should keep almost indefinitely to guard against botulism. Should actually only be stored for up to two days in a fridge. So not indefinitely then. <laughs> so if you haven't seen this particular correction yeah, and you made good. that stuff, that wouldn't be ideal. We often used to say product recalls that they used to have in yeah. newspapers were always on the racing pages. So we always used to think if you'd bought something and you're, I mean, you were laughing if you wanted to study the form, you know, and you'd have to send something back or, uh, but product recalls always on the racing pages, weren't they? I suppose it was because they were a lot cheaper on there. But uh, yeah. anyway. What can you do? Um, <laughs> that's very not true. a great deal. No, not a lot, really. Um, had a very nice time in Wales, and mm. um, it was very interesting. I stayed in the hotel. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. This is quite a weird thing, which is basically the food was very nice, very nice posh hotel this oh, was yeah, yeah. Uh, but the it was the same meal every night it was the same men, same four items on the menu right and by the night this woman was complaining so if you stay for a couple of weeks well this woman said I'm staying here for five nights is it possible for the chef to do something else she said oh it's seasonal seasonal ingredients Can't so you... she said lamb chicken fish and basically in two types of fish surely there's hundreds of things you could do with that rather than make the same Four things every night. Okay, all well, sounds a bit forty towers. Then. I know it was a bit. And how long? How many nights were you there for? Three nights. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, what did you not have? Uh, well, I had. <laughs> I had not what did the you fish. not? You didn't have the fish. No, I had the lamb and the chicken. Didn't bother with it. Okay, really. And what yeah. about the third night? 
You have uh, the chicken again? No, I had the lamb again. Oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Breaking news. Uh, two lambs and a chicken. It's marvellous, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Uh, pictures good. of footballers on their holidays. I mean, I love it's not like they're being papped. Yeah. Um, a lot of the time they're sending them out themselves, Instagram for their Instagram followers. Raheem among them, he's got himself uh, uh, photographed in a cabin lounge. I don't know mm. where it is. That's up to him, really. But honest, you know, let him get on with his holidays. Uh, likewise, we had uh, Carl Walker and uh, his missus in, uh, in Greece. They're uh, on a lilo, which was uh, always a joy. And uh, then we've got the Roonies, Blackpool Pleasure Beach. The common touch. I think they've oh, always, yeah, they've always nice. had that. Yeah, uh, but, how, but yeah. I often wonder though how the press knew that, that she'd be there. But there we go. That's uh, maybe from her Instagram or something like mm. that. It could be. Do you think they monitor Instagram and this? Quick, get in a fast car, get yourself down to Blackpool, <laughs> yeah, yeah. something like that. There's your beach yeah, yeah, and look yeah, yeah. for the family. Yeah, they probably do a bit of that. Did you see a they? tortoise has been found? A, a I year, didn't know. Uh, after a year and a half, uh, it's been missing. And it was only half a mile from home. That's how far it got in a year and a half. I thought it should have been sponsored, doing a so nice it, walk for the NHS. So half a mile and let to come back again. So it's done a mile, wasn't it? <laughs> no, no, we found half a mile away. Well, for the way for it to come back, it'd be another... It's not a homing, I thought it had come, a homing tortoise. I thought it had come back. I thought it found its way home. <laughs> no, it hadn't. Just retraced no, its they, step. No, they found it. Somebody found it. So, well, thanks for that, Andy. I know it's a bit quiet on the sport front, but I possibly wouldn't have opened <laughs> well, with that. It's that time of year, isn't it? I watch yachting on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, now the, uh, the sport. Quite, quite actually, exciting. it was difficult because it was so hot. You kind of had sport in the background, but, you know, yeah. it soak up some sun. But uh, the Rugby League Challenge Cup final, that was... I mean, it, it, um, it was... It was uh, yeah, I sort of watched... I just caught really the sort of last 15 minutes and the players, by that point, the players were... Yeah. The heat had really taken its toll. It was, but they, I did prefer it was, the it, clock it, it in was rugby. A very exciting game. Certainly, the the, the first half uh, mm. was uh, fantastic. It was a little kind of little key moment with uh, Regan Grace from Saints when he kicked the ball away. And Castleford scored then, potentially, you know, giving himself a pretty tidy lead. Just kicked the ball away at twelve uh, six, yeah. and Saints got back into it. But it was a really good, good, and you know, it, it's that old story, isn't it? And also, yeah. you kind of look. Well, come on to this with Tom. You know, that, that's lots and lots of uh, people, with very similar backgrounds of those that went to Wembley to watch the football, all coming together to watch rugby league. And I've been to a few. There's never any trouble at the Challenge Cup final. What makes it mm. worse? People wear their colours. Can you imagine an England football match where everybody is in their club shirts watching mm. the games in? Their their club shirts that wouldn't happen. and there wouldn't I did be see a trouble. Of Arsenal shirts, but yeah, but but still, but you wouldn't wear your own club shirts because it would get tribal, and it doesn't seem to happen at, at the Challenge Cup final. I tell you what, I did watch. I'm telling you, it was very very enjoyable. I'm sure it's still on catch up. Was the uh, World Cup in colour 1966? Oh yeah, where they'd taken the black and white TV footage and colourised it. The moment it changes is absolutely a wonderful moment. It just comes alive, and and it's fascinating to watch the football. It's so different. Mm. The, the best example I can give you is it's three two to England. It's the 119th minute. We get a goal kick. And Gordon Banks, he's rushing to take the kick. You'll see it. He's not waiting. You know, these days it would have taken 30 to 45 seconds for the goalkeeper to actually take his time. Banks can't wait to get the ball back in play. And England is still going for it, which is why they scored the fourth No cynicism. Goal. No, but no game before shit. sporting cynicism. That's right. Well, oh. I think there was in, always in Latin America, there was always, you know, sort of cynicism. <laughs> but I don't, think, I don't think, in you know, Gordon Banks had it in him. No, and, I, to, to a, time waste. To what really, a player Bobby Moore was. Oh, yeah. You know I mean, when you watch him in that way, you just think, God, he was a brilliant player. 
Would have been brilliant in any era. Would have been great today, I think. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you would like oh, to share really? with me? Yeah, well, well, I'll tell you what, I'll give you I'll give I'll give you a minute and I'll let you know about some of the other events that Tom Cruise has been invited to. <laughs> Tom loves his sport, as we've discovered. Yeah. He's been at every big sporting event as he's filming another Mission Impossible. And so he, he wants to clearly take in a, a, hmm. a lot of sports. Uh, can you ask Tom if he fancies uh, Whitchurch, Whitchurch Heath fourths versus Hopkinstown seconds on Saturday? Cricket, yeah. <laughs> uh, can he have to bring his own tea due to COVID, says James the Leeds yeah. fan. We'll put all these to Tom, and then it's ultimately up to him, James. So uh, we'll leave that with him. And uh, never mind the racing. I'd love to hear um, a dedicated follower of fashion, Andy Jacobs' opinion on Lewis's outfits at the weekend. I wasn't. Did you catch any of his? I didn't really. I mean, he was mainly in his racing. I used outfits. to think Lewis was the, one of the worst dressed people around in sport. Really? Yeah, I always thought he's. he's Taste in clothes was weird, and uh, as a man in the, he, who worked in the menswear sp- business, Sports Illustrated this whole fashion issue and voted him the most fashionable person. In maybe you're out of touch. I think I've, I think I've lost maybe it those now. Big, I still wear belts. Those big Peter Wingard lapels <laughs> on vel- those velvet suits on in anymore that you used to like to wear. Your two tone Ruperts. I've got one from the court circular. Hmm. It caught my eye. This was the ambassador of Israel being presented to the Queen, Her Excellency Mrs. Zippy Hotovli. Mrs. Zippy. Zippy she used to be in Rainbow. Didn't she? <laughs> I, think I used to like her. In yeah, that. Yeah. She was tremendous. Good old Zippy. I'd love to meet her. <laughs> Mark, Mark Gay, you two your tang earlier on had left the club and gone yeah. to Palace. Did yeah. you ever see him? Did he play for Chelsea? Did he get games? He was part of that kind of that great youth side with Hudson Adoy and Gallagher yeah. and all those. That was a good sign. It's a it? difficult one. I mean, I can see it's almost. I mean, Chelsea have got a lot of older players, older centre. They've got Aspilicueta, they've got uh, Thiago Silva. They're getting on a bit, and a lot of them in their last year of the contract. I thought, I thought it was a slight lack of ambition from him. He refused to sign a new contract and go on loan. He wanted to make it. You know, well, fine, he's backing himself. Yeah, maybe he'll be right. But well, he did well at know, Swansea, which is why he's got to move to Paris. Yeah, I guess. But you know, you have to think to yourself: if you really think you're. Good, you know, you're good enough for Chelsea. Then, you know, but he obviously felt that he wasn't going to get a chance. You can come again, though, can't you? I mean, if you're using play at that level, back yeah, you probably will. You've yeah. got previous for that. Mm. <laughs> you probably will end up buying. I'm just him a bit because you're concerned about Spurs not buying anybody. I'm concerned that although there's been all these rumours about Holland and various offers for players, Roman Abramovich has got this pattern. If you look back throughout his ownership of Chelsea, whenever a manager's won something. The next season, he's never backed him. He did it to, Ange- to Mourinho, he did it to Ancelotti, he did it to So they say you, th- you feel you've it, got enough, so you don't Conte. need anything else. Yeah, yeah well, it's, it's just a feeling that, you know... Okay. Well, so the worst to... thing you can do as a Chelsea manager is win something big because you're, you're down the road within six months. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's see if that pattern is broken. Well, we'll um, see. We spoke about uh, Colin Morikawa earlier on the winner of the Open. And um, like we've said before, you know, all sports people and fans, all, you know, they get very superstitious about things. And as he was playing well, um, Colin had the same thing to eat uh, every day. Did he? During the uh, tournament. What was that? He had a burger. That's nice. Yeah. He had a burger. But he said, I've had a burger for four straight days. My body's probably feeling it. I thought, you're not Morgan Spurlock, mate, are you? (laughs) Really? Not super size, mate. You've had a burger every day for four days, Colin. It's not going to wipe you out. I mean, if you know, if you had ten burgers. It depends on the quality of burger, you know. Well, well, the quality of burger, I would imagine, (laughs) uh, was of a pretty high standard. If it's going to go to, uh, you know, an open prospect, it might not have been. I don't know. Yeah, it depends. I don't know the local eateries 
of sandwich. Of sandwich. Okay, you, you, know, I think you missed the you trick can, there. Presumably you can get a sandwich. <laughs> you probably, yeah. Sorry, mate, we haven't got any sandwiches left. <laughs> that would be very annoying, wouldn't it? Did like, look like anyway, a clip. Do you want some clips? Yes, go on. Let's do it, shall we? Go on, then. Here's the clips of the month. Good. Yeah, I know it's the 19th of July, but, you know, we had the Euros, mm. we had a week off. There was a lot going on. So oh, yeah. they are delayed. They are from June, if you can remember back that long, when uh, England were going to win a tournament. It was coming home. It was coming home, yeah. So yeah. all we really need you to do is listen to these clips again from June, and there will be a couple of uh, semi-finals, and you can vote for those, and then uh, we'll have a final, which is often the case. And uh, then we'll bring you the winner just before at four o'clock when Andy Goldstein and Darren Goff are here. So we'll do that all on Twitter, at TSHNJ. But let's kick off then on the clips, and we'll start with Alex Crook, your commentator at Hamden Park for the Czech Republic game, whose gag went down very well with the Scotland fans. He listens to the Titanic soundtrack, I'm told, before matches. David Marshall, they have hit one or two icebergs along the way in the last 23 years, Scotland. <laughs> the timing it went there beautifully it's done. They, they love that one, Hamden Park. All twelve thousand of them. Here's Alan Brazil now with all the information you could possibly need. Go to talksport.com forward slash select or now. Eighteen plus T's and C's uh, and amp C's apply. What's this? Gamble uh, gambleaware um, dot org. <laughs> Amps and C's and T's. <laughs> I don't know what was going on there, did you? <laughs> dot org. Just say dot org at the end and you'll get away with it. <laughs> so, uh, this is Jamie O'Hara setting a famous commentary bloopers quiz to Craig Mitch on Game Day Countdown. For those of you watching in black and white, <laughs> who's got black and white are in the all yellow strip? Got it, got it, got it. Hey, Martin Tyler. B, Christopher Biggins. Or C, John Motson. Oh, legends. I'm going to go B. Christopher Biggins. Yeah, Christopher <laughs> Motti. Uh, Martin Tyler with a commentary moment. Or was it Christopher Biggins? Now, we poo-pooed at the time. Yeah, that's true. But then we discovered that Biggins actually had done quite a lot of football commentary over the years. We had no idea. We got the clip to prove it. Balotelli, Aguero! Drink it in. Uh, uh, uh. There we are, Biggins, in a Brilliant. famous footballing moment. Um, Luke Kempner, of course, uh, giving us a bit of Biggins here. Thank <laughs> That's you, good, wasn't it? Yes. And Jamie O'Hara was back with another quiz question later in the month. Who is the longest-serving manager at Euro 2020? A. Igor Angelovsky. B. Franco Foda. <laughs> or C. <laughs> Joe Chim Lau. Joe Chim Lau, of course, the <laughs> Cambodia manager. <laughs> or Joachim Love, as he's known in Germany. I don't think Jamie's going to be our Bundesliga correspondent. Joe Chim Lau. Brilliant. And uh, June was uh, quiz heavy on Clips of the Week. And here's Perry Groves with a musical clue. I always give you a tenuous musical clue. Okay, what on earth the could the question girls. be? Who's this? Who's this? Who's this? Tigers of Pantang. Uh, I'll give you two more guesses. Uh, who's this? And um, I think Perry was joking, of course. I'd like to think so. Mm. And finally, this was a caller uh, to the sports bar. 
We've had you before, haven't we, Brad? Brad from Bradford. Yeah, go on, Macy. What are you doing, Brad? Brad. Brad. Oh. Brad, pick the phone up. What are you doing? I'm, I'm just putting a career microwave, sorry. It's about one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's that perfect time, wasn't it? Yeah. Sound, you may have heard that little sound effect before. I think he may have had a curry earlier on. So there we are. Was it Alex Cook? That's not going to win. With his gag going down rather well at Amden Park. Was it uh, Big Allen with T's and C's and amps? Hmm. Was it Jamie O'Hara and Christopher Biggins commentating on that Aguero moment? Was it Jamie um, actually with Joe Chin Lau, the German manager? I'm voting for that one. Was it uh, the Perry Groves Cheeky Girls uh, quiz, which I quite liked as well? And finally, uh, was it the call at the sports bar appearing to Trump uh, as he made a uh, <laughs> microwave curry at one o'clock in the morning? So, what's your favourite? Go along to at TSHNJ, T-S-H-A-N-D-J, that's T-S-H-A-N-D-J, and we just need you to tell us which of those uh, you favour. There'll be two semi-finals, six clips. And then uh, we'll have a final for you. We'll give you the details of the final in around 15 minutes' time. And you can go and vote for your favourite. And we will bring you the winner at uh, just before four o'clock when Andy Goldstein and Darren Goff take over. Still to come this afternoon, we're going to be uh, saluting a fine mm. cricketing feat over in Ireland. I've just worked out why Adrian isn't coming in today. Why is that? It's because Peterborough lost 6-1 to Chelsea. Is that what it was? In pre-season, yeah. Was it a Chelsea 11? No, was it, it was a Chelsea... You put out a full-strength oh, yeah, side, put out a yeah, decent side. Yeah. OK, well, OK, we're championship side now, aren't they? Yeah. Still, you know, you don't know what stage it is. It's all for fitness. It is. It's, it's, I, 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 Ray Parler was talking about that earlier on, wasn't he? Mm. Saying that, you know, you, you don't worry too much about it. And how often do you have a really good pre-season and stink the place out when the season starts yeah, and vice versa yeah, yeah. so you've got it doesn't always uh, pan out like that the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport Hawksby Annie Jacobs here on Talk Sport Mark Cavendish will be joining us in the studio yeah. a little bit later on in the week uh, fantastic performance by him like the, the birthday front. spread yeah I, I don't think it will let's not let's not bother him with that uh, yeah, Charlie Baker's going to be uh, with me uh, for the next few days. Andy will be back on uh, Friday. Max it's a big opportunity for Max Charlie if he does break. well. What do you mean? In the spread. In the spread, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's going to, we're going to step up and uh, let him do the spread. I did say to you, wouldn't it be great if I let him win easily? Max <laughs> so, would get so, so upset. So funny. Uh, like, I was like, Charlie, you're brilliant. You know, we give him all the answers. <laughs> but we don't want to do that, the listeners. We'll no, do it, no, we'll do it properly. No. Anyway, that'll be on Thursday. But before all of that, uh, we want to salute a fine uh, cricketing uh, feat. Uh, John Glass uh, went into bat in a T20 game in the uh, LVS T20 Trophy final, that's the final. Final. All the pressure's on. He goes in to bat uh, in the final and uh, his team need 35. So uh, he knows what he needs to do. Yeah. That's it, six sixes, basically. Um, That's the simplest route to it anyway. Uh, And he did it. It's incredible, really. That is an amazing story. To out-sobers sobers sobers is is something else. Uh, John Glass uh, joins us now. Good afternoon, John. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Yeah, we're good. good. Congratulations. Congratulations. I mean, this Thank is just crazy. It'll be in wisdom, this. It'll make oh, it yeah. a special little section. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, it's amazing. Um, yeah, no, it's crazy. I can't, I can't really, still in the Clyde tenor. Yeah. So um, going in at that point, John, you know, as we said, you know, you, you, you need 35 to win from the final. Were you not, not out when it started the over? Yeah, so um, 
yeah, I knew. Obviously, I knew. I saw that thirty-five. Um, I realized, yeah, this is this is gonna go. It's gonna go one of two ways. Uh, so, yeah, I knew it was either that or I'm getting out trying. So that's true. Give it a go. So, and you can talk us through the over. So the first the first ball comes. Yeah. Do you get any verbals from the bowlers? What are they? Are they thinking they're one? Did you sense oh, of the, the opposition had had already lighting their cigars? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I don't think anyone on the ground really, obviously, anticipated that, but. Um, yeah, any, everyone was just thinking, right, it's 35 off the last, it's going to be a, one of those overs, you just you just um, get through with it and then do the trophy presentation. But yeah, after that, after the first one, like I, I knew I knew what I was going to try and do there. Mm. Um, but uh, I don't think anyone else uh, kind of anticipated what was going to happen. I was still, I was still over the moon after the yeah. after the first one went in. So uh, the first one, first what, one. Also, what sort of bowler was yeah. he? I mean, what, yeah, what sort of bowler? Was he, was he there, was he there death bowler? Right, so um, yeah, I've heard there's a lot of things said about him, but honestly, he's he's a good bowler for them, a consistent bowler for them, and um, he he's opened against us a few times in the past. Um, so yeah, I was I wasn't uh, I liked I was good to see he's a medium medium pace bowler, so it was good to see for me personally that. But but I knew he was a good bowler, so I knew it was going to be a challenge. Right. So the first uh, yeah. ball comes down now. Where does it, where where do you put it? What happens? Talk us through well, the first ball. Well, I know. I, I can trust one. Like I, I can trust my swing with one shot. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> usually, <laughs> the same, the same sort of shot. So I thought, uh, right, I'm just going to stand, plant my feet, try not to move them, keep my head still, and just try and make sure my swing's clean and get the ball. Right. And where, where does it, where does it go over the fence? At what point? Where does it, where does it go? Um, yeah. So, well, the first one, yeah, the first one, I think it went over long on. Hmm. Um, so it just went over the the scores, um, the scores we had, and no uh, one's getting worried at the moment. Obviously, you've got six off the well, first twenty nine off, yeah. off five, yeah, exactly. So no one, no one's. They just said, "Well done, John. You know, you're making a game of it. Thank, thanks yeah, for trying." Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. I was just thinking, make it a bit exciting, maybe. Mm. Um, try and throw up a few gas, maybe, or uh, put we die in their mind, but. Um, yeah, after after that first one went in, I was thinking right head down. I wasn't. Uh, I was honestly just immersed fully in that over. There was. Uh, I know it's not as exciting, but there was not much going through my mind to be honest. <laughs> I was just hit the ball. And you hit the second one then. Uh, so after that, after the second six goes over the rope, what what's um what's the mood then? Have you, you notice it changing a little bit? <laughs> they getting a bit edgy. Yeah. Well, I, actually, I don't. I don't think I got a bit edgy until maybe the fourth. <laughs> right. I know. I know we're skipping past here, but um, mm. yeah, it was. It was kind of just uh, those first three went past really fast. Um, honestly, don't remember much from it. So it was really when the fourth one, when the fourth one went, um, I was like almost just psyching myself up. Everyone in the crowd was getting a bit. Uh, it was getting a bit mad at that point. So that's when it really kind of sunk in. When I thought, right, this is eleven from two here. This actually might happen, <laughs> and, and honestly, yeah. At that point, obviously, I was thinking, right, this is a bit shaky, but um, I try to approach it the same way as the other ones. Uh, try to think of nothing really, but mm. yeah. And as you were saying to me this morning, from the bowler's point of view, it was definitely Stokes to Brathwaite. Stokes to Brathwaite, isn't yeah, it? The bowl, you just as a bowler, you know this. You just your brain gets scrambled. You you, you know you shouldn't oh, keep no, bowling the same yeah. ball, and you do. So was he was he trying to York you? Was that, I mean that was obviously obviously the plan. Was yeah. it was he trying to land it there when it wasn't coming well, off, or were these just great shots? Were they Brathwaite like well, shots? <laughs> well, I don't. Um, well, I, I hit them. I think I hit them all cleanly. Obviously, well, 
Um, I, I'm pretty sure. So, but in terms of, I'm not sure of their strategy. Uh, I think he might have been missing his length slightly. Uh, maybe trying to York me or uh, get a shorter one, maybe put me off. Uh, I'm not sure, but um, but they worked out to be in maybe at most half volley length and then back of the length, which worked out for me in, right. in the end. So they've gone pr- wide Yorker. I tell yeah. you the other thing we don't mm-hmm. understand. We searched really hard on the net to find uh, footage mm. of this, and I, I, it doesn't. It, it strikes me that if I was at a ground <laughs> no and a bloke had just hit four sixes in, in an over where you need thirty six, I might start filming. Yeah, just for the sake of it. People, just I see. mean, people film their own dinner <laughs> these days. So why wouldn't you film that? Yeah, no, um, yeah, that's a good question. I, I've been asking, I've been asking that as well. Um, no, I, I'm sure everyone was glued to the too yeah, caught up in it, yeah. In the moment, maybe, yeah, maybe they were just in. I'm not sure. Maybe in display, they just didn't think, uh, think to do that. But um, I'm actually, I'm not too. I don't mind that, you know, because then it means whoever was there saw it and yeah, uh, and it's that's just true. That's true. It's yeah, it's not public property really. The, the so the final I and mean, the pressure on you for that final ball, that yeah. sixth ball. I mean, you talk about the pressure on the bowler. Oh. But you having done five, yeah. then I mean, you look, know, people still would have said, You're "Good um, if you blocked it." Unlucky, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just, just that's forward defensive. Yeah, but um, yeah, the pressure there. Do you say you, you just thought just just hit it? I guess. Yeah. No. Um, just say my granddad would have been proud there if I had a wee forward defence just to get the knot out. But um, no, to do with. <laughs> To do with the yeah no I honestly as he was running up that was that was probably the most obviously that's the most shaky ball but but I felt I did feel my hands getting a bit loose a bit sweaty it was uh, it was shaking a wee bit um, but it was just it was just breathe watch the ball like um, and just try and zone out and I was so in I was just so immersed like in that it just flew by and um, obviously managed to get it and it. It was the longest one as well. It was the highest sixes, and just it was in the air for too long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I had to, I had to watch it, but I I kind of knew I kind of knew. And it cleared the rope, but it did clear the the rope pretty sort of a fair old way. There was no chance you were going to get caught. There was no way anybody could have got under it. No, I, I think I think it did. That one did take a a few meters over the boundary. I think um, it was definitely the shortest. Uh, which I don't know whether I was trying to make it exciting or something, but um, <laughs> yeah, it was tough to watch. So, how were the opposition when when the final six went over? The, were they sort of generous and came up to you and said, "Well done, mate," oh, or were they a bit so. resentful? Yeah, um, was that their ground? Um, no, no, they were very, they were very aggressive in defeat. Uh, I know all those boys um, quite well, and uh, no, they were so rushed. I mean, I think everyone was kind of blown away. It was one of those freak incidents that. Almost if you're on the other side of it, you could just say, you know, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but it's not, yeah, it's, it's, it's not one of those usual, like, they, I, obviously the bowler, um, you could say th- threw it away maybe, maybe but um, in terms of, um, I think they deserved, they deserved that win before that is what I mean. And really they could be, they could be prided with their performance definitely. Well, you know, the old Malcolm Nash line to Sobers when he did it, he said because he apologised and they went yeah. off, didn't he? Sobers apologised to the bowler that day when he hit six sixes at Glamorgan and yeah. Malcolm Nash said, don't worry about that, uh, Gary. He said, they'll remember me as long as they yeah. remember you. That's on this. YouTube. You, that is actually filmed. Yeah. Believe it or not. <laughs> there were black cameras and white. there that day. Yeah. It's, it's worth watching, but you did it with more jeopardy. So you're out Sobers. Uh, Sobers, that is, that is amazing. But, John, well done. Uh, congratulations. Well, thank you very much. Uh, it's some Tremendous. feat and great yeah. story. So thanks for joining us.
No, I appreciate it. Thanks very much. Take Good care. John Glass there from mm. Ballymena Cricket Club who uh, hit six sixes off the last He's over. He's always optimistic. He was glass half full. <laughs> he was very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. What about that Jimmy Glass and John Glass? <laughs> what is it about the name Glass that suggests... Uh, some miracle. Some sort of sporting miracle. It's, there must be something about it. Get yourself a player called Glass in the team if you're gonna, if you can manage to. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Just time to bring you the winner of the Clips of the Month. It was Big Alan. He nicked it by... Well, he often does. 50.3%. Had to start moving into fractions, for goodness sake. First time ever. Anyway, uh, this was Alan with all the information you need. Go to talksport.com forward slash select or now 18 plus T's and C's uh, and amp C's apply. What's this? Gamble, uh, Gambleaware.org. Um, yeah, marvellous. And amps, amps obviously always apply. So thanks for everybody who voted. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Um, Andy's back with me on, well, you'll be back Thursday for the birthday spread with special guest star Charlie Baker because Charlie's oh, yeah. going to be in for Max for the next three days. So do hope you can uh, do hope you can join us then. But uh, yeah, birthday spread. Uh, Excellent. Thank you, Andy. I'll catch up with you on Friday back in the studio. Right. But uh, myself and Charlie, if you can join us, great. If not, podcasts will be available at around five o'clock tomorrow. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.